following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, this week is a week of thanksgiving and thankfulness, and uh, I hope that the word doesn't get trite, that, <laughs> that feeling doesn't get overdone, because it is sincere. And I, you know, just <laughs> thinking, we are so thankful for those who are thankful. And uh, so, so, <laughs> so, that's great. Not to overdo it, but, you know, people do write in, call in, uh, even express on the radio program here uh, how thankful they are for our ministry. And uh, you have some of those um, notes in front of you. I'd, I'd love to hear a few of those. Yeah, you've not heard these yet. I was just reading tonight, and I thought, how. How meaningful. I mean, incredibly meaningful to me. Um, okay. Uh, um, uh, here we are. Okay. Okay. Just in regard to hope in the night. Um, when I was first contacted, and it would be by you, by the way, mm-hmm. by the call screener, it was said that I feel that I'd feel more like I was sitting alone with June, like like with a friend. Uh, that's truly what it was like, like sitting with the wise mom, mentor, friend I never had. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Okay. To be perfectly honest, I could do that regularly <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> Initials were CT. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Um, second is, um, well, you are a deep, a very deep well of truth. That's D.W. from Colorado Springs. Um, from uh, Selma at Claremont, California. Uh, thank you for all your help. I experienced a lot of clarity after a few days from when we talked. Suddenly, I knew what to do regarding my son. I feel so much better now that this heaviness has been lifted from me. That's, uh, I'm just so thankful. So, so thankful. Uh, The last one from Hope in the Night I'll mention is, um, I've been listening for so long. Um, She will move you no matter what the topic in the show is when you hear her well gee this is I'm sorry I probably shouldn't have done this anyway it's like God speaking to you but I do pray <laughs> that is how I pray yes. uh, that, that I will have his mind and his words um, she's connected with the power of God connected to the captain with the capital C mm-hmm. uh, this is from Thomas by the way uh, she can lead you through anything I know that she has gone through a lot, so she can relate to the caller's needs. Her words are like are smooth like butter. It is such a gift. She has a healing gift of the soul. Let me just tell you, it's not me, you understand. I know the truth. I know that when God leads people to call, uh, He's preparing their hearts, and I'm praying for His words and His discernment. Um, uh, it, it's it. I I deeply appreciate the tremendous words of of confirmation, yes. and um, just the the spirit of of appreciation. Um, uh, this is um, 
people helping people with our resources. Um, I keep your books by our front door. They are being used. They are being used by others. Uh, God has used uh, you in our lives. We are so grateful for your teaching of the Word. Your voice always gives me such comfort, and your songs are beautiful. Uh, thank you for letting God use you in such a unique way. The point is, it's our materials that she keeps, or he keeps by the front door. And uh, I've heard this multiple times, and that's precious. Um, okay, this is uh, from Betsy. Uh, thank you for your excellent book, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. I will recommend it to the pregnancy clinics I have connections with. It is a remarkable and needed resource. By the way, we give that. We send that to every caller on their their first call to our ministry. And I think that's important that they have resources that will truly help them. Um, this is uh, from Facebook. Uh, your resources are inspiring to those who may be presently allergic to spiritual things. <laughs> that's an interesting that way to say it. Mm -hmm. Allergic. <laughs> okay, that's from Barb. This is from Tim. I'm very thankful for your ministry. Fourteen years ago, my 20-year-old son passed away. It was your message on grief that comforted my soul. Uh, this is from Donna. I haven't read one of your keys, your counseling keys, that wasn't fantastic in every way. Great info put together piece by piece that reaches your mind, soul, um, your, and your soul with truths we all need in everyday language. Thank you. Uh, this is from Mike. It was through it was through a teaching tape by June Hunt in 1995 that I came to know the Lord. It was through her radio ministry that I got saved in 1995. Well, that's a long time ago. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I appreciate your, your true encouragement. And, you know, it, by the way, these are meaningful messages of... I, I, I never assume anything. I'm just so grateful that we are used by God and we're a team being used. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library and it's available at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their lives. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. Welcome to... Welcome back to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and uh, we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Well, our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And as June mentioned, the resource, the the 31-day devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. And uh, we do send that to each caller on their uh, first time on the program. And uh, we're happy to do that. Maybe you'd like to take a look at that for yourself. And you can get that through customer support. Just order your copy from them at 800-488-4673. That's 800-488-HOPE. And also, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with our program, talk with June about something going on in your life, uh, maybe do that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, give us a call at 800-917. We're so grateful for all of our callers and for the uh, feedback that we get. It's uh, it's good and to know that, that, uh, that God is making a difference in lives, and we are able to be used to do that. So uh, give us an opportunity at 800-917. Just call and let us know what's going on. We'll get back to you talk about uh, you being on an upcoming Hope in the Night and see what questions you might have and how we can help you. The number again, 800-917-800-644-4817. And we do look forward to your call. Let's get to our caller for tonight. And we have listening uh, online to us in Tennessee this evening. We welcome Esther. Hello, Esther. Welcome to Hope. Hello. Hi. How can we help you? tonight. Oh, delighted. So, so delighted that you're with us. So, what would you like for us to talk about? Um, I am a survivor of domestic abuse, and Mm. um, I wanted to share my story in hopes that somebody would be listening, maybe feeling the same confusion and loss and maybe a little bit torn and feeling helpless, like um, the sense of duty and obligation, you know, um, Mm -hmm. having religious ideas that make it where you have no options and no hope and no future. Yes. And um, I was there. And... I was just reading tonight in Isaiah 61, 
And it reminds me of when Jesus, when he got through going through the desert, and he was tempted by Satan, and then the first thing he does is go to Galilee, and he goes to the temple, and he walks up, and they handed him a scroll, and he found Isaiah 61. And he um, opens to the part where it was prophesied of the Messiah coming. Mm-hmm. And he reads, uh, I'm sorry, um, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the mm. Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. Yes. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison doors to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And that was, we all know that, but that that was Jesus starting his ministry. It's like, this is what, this is my mission statement. This is what I came to do. That is really good news. Hmm. But what I had been living for decades in a Christian home was not good news. Um, it was the brokenhearted. It was the captives. It was those who were bound and had no hope. And um, you know, Jesus gives hope. And his message shouldn't be uh, quenching the life out of us. It should be giving us life. <laughs> yeah. When you, by the way, said domestic abuse, um, Nowhere in the Bible does it say a person should submit to domestic abuse, even though I am very aware of what you're talking about. Yeah. I, can't, I cannot tell you how many people I have talked with who felt um, almost imprisoned thinking they could not, from a biblical standpoint, they assumed that they could not escape the abuse, the mistreatment, uh, and and the Bible does not say that. In fact, let, let me just ask one quick question. Uh, uh-huh. Would you say that your husband uh, was at times un- unreasonably angry? At times. Mm-hmm. That would be true with domestic abuse. What the Bible says, and this is important, in Proverbs 21, uh, I'm sorry, 22-24, do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered. Mm-hmm. The, point, the point is there is warning in the Old Testament and the book of Proverbs, by the way, is the book on wisdom. And, in fact, another passage, Proverbs nineteen nineteen says, A hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him, you'll have to do it again. So you see multiple times where there's warning against, and it's not in any way a badge of honor to be... Uh, treated uh, 
in an ungodly way. I'm talking about there, there are scriptures that tell, tell us that uh, what to do when there is abuse that is uh, taking place. So I agree with you, but I'm also aware that there are many people who mean well. I'm talking about spiritual leaders. They mean well, but they're not looking at the whole counsel of God. They may look at one scripture, wives submit to your husbands. And yet, that verse in the Bible, and I've had many pastors who've told me that that's all they've ever, they'll say, well, I, I was only taught this, or I've never was taught this at seminary or at Bible school, uh, and, but it was just that one scripture. But they, they, they don't know all the other scriptures where, uh, in fact, uh, the or let me ask you, was uh, the scripture, wives submit to your husbands, used on you by by your abusive husband? Yes, and the whole the whole um, group, the associations, you know, the, those that um, I wasn't allowed to have close friendships with anyone that, you know, wouldn't have shared like faith. Mm-hmm. Like the lease, um, it doesn't mean that I couldn't talk to family members, but it was kind of like an us versus them type thing. You know, it was very—they're not in in the the God group. I know that sounds horrible, but it's just kind of the way it was. Um, well, I, I I understand, and even internationally, um, when I first was dealing with this topic and asked to speak internationally, not realizing that I was even going to be speaking on that topic, but a seminary uh, president asked me if I would address this uh, to the the pastors. Um, I I was really there for a different purpose. Uh, This is in the former Soviet Union, and they had people coming from 23 regions of the former Soviet Union. And then all of a sudden there was a brouhaha um, that took place, and it was all on domestic violence. There were women who thought women had to submit to abuse. And there were other women who were angry that, that, that people would think that. And, I mean, they were kind of blowing up at this conference uh, I, I was just asked to speak on multiple topics, but that was not one of them. And then the, the seminary president stood up before these hundreds of people and helped put his arms out. He said, June will uh, address the the pastors on Saturday. And I thought, what? <laughs> so, it, But then I did, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I did, and then I want to hear more of your story. Um, I... Uh, literally looked at every single verse in the Bible. I had material on the topic, but I wanted to look at every single verse on um, violence. I wanted to see God's heart on violence. Mm -hmm. There was not one positive reference, not one time where the word violence was ever Right. It was always a negative 
very specifically uh, negative in terms of, of treatment. And I, I say that because when I presented that to the pastors on Saturday, the, the Saturday session, all morning, and then I also taught our material uh, that I had um, written. And by the way, I did grow up in a home. It wasn't major, major all the time, but I did grow up in a home where there was domestic violence. And um, I was beaten only once, but it was for trying to counter my father. You know, why would you have all these women sexually? And um, that, that conversation did not go well. I'm sure I might have done it differently, but nevertheless, I, you never forget a beating, by the way. Uh, but it was it was mainly his treatment of my mother that I just hated, and um, it, it hurt me. It's like hurt me. Don't hurt her. That that's the way I I felt, and uh, so it's wounding to children. It's confusing to children too, and it. To, to grow up in a home like this. But the bottom line is, at, at the end of my presentation, the, the pastors, they said, we are not taught this. In other words, we are taught women must... And this is, by the way, in the 90s, uh, the 1990s, uh, after the fall of the Iron Curtain, and uh, it, was, it was like 1999 or 98, right in there, and uh, they said, we are, so, so they said, the, the pastors, they said, well, well, the first one who spoke up, he said, I know my sister is being abused by her husband, but I thought she just had to submit. And that's because of this one scripture, wives submit to your husbands. But you see, what I ended up teaching them, I said, look at the verse right before that. It says, Submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. Submit one to another. There should be mutual submission. And three verses later in Ephesians 5, it says, um, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Not her die at his hands, but he has to be willing to die for her. See, this is, it's so, they're not teaching this in context of the whole. Now, that was back then, but I know that is prevalent also sometimes today. Do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken? You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one of its kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. Lifelinetohope.org.
If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, and we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. It means so much to us. We're very grateful. Now, if you have any questions or concerns about any of the topics that we cover here on the program, please give us a call at 800 800- 488 Hope. That's 800 488 4673. And uh, you can ask them about uh, any of the resources that might help you to um, to figure out a situation in your life. Maybe you're struggling with something and would like some uh, resources, materials there that might help you. And customer support is available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And perhaps they can uh, recommend a resource that's online and a free resource, like our quick reference guides. Or maybe there's a book or one of our keys for living that you would like that would help you to uh, deal with the situation that you're in and uh, they can help you to get the right resources in your hands. Let me recommend one tonight called Domestic Violence. There's no excuse for abuse and that and uh, many, many titles are available by calling customer support. Again, that's 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Let's return now to our conversation with Esther. Well, Esther, I am so, so sorry that, I really am, uh, that, um, as you said, a survivor of domestic abuse, abuse takes many forms, but the point is, it is wrong treatment. It is against the heart and intent of God for how we are to treat anyone much less uh, even in the home, where home is supposed to be a place of refuge. Now, I think you mentioned, did you, did you mention the word mission? Did I? Uh, or, or help me understand. What, what did, well, yeah, tell me what, what, what yeah, kind of... Yeah, finish, your, finish your question. Well, it, it's more, I want to know what kind of, work were you all doing, I say work or ministry or um, I want to understand your your role uh, I guess a number of years ago Um, well we married young and um, my ex would um 
because of this um, patriarchal theology, he was the head, I was to submit, and if I... um, If I questioned or gave uh, pushback, then I was resisting God. Um, and um, I'm not really sure what you're asking about, but I know one time he felt led for us to um, go and uh, minister to some Indians in Mexico. Okay. And it did not go well. And um, I... Is this what you're referring to? Uh, I'm just asking what what kind no. <laughs> of work you all were doing um, years ago. Yes, okay. You said it didn't go well, and and you said well, if you resisted, it, there were repercussions. Well, yes, yes. When when I I was. Um, I am. Um, The the tribe that we were going to go to is uh, very primitive. They didn't have running water, electricity. I, you know, I was 20 years old, <laughs> raised in the city, and, um, you know, I needed some, some prepping, some prepping for that, and um, I didn't have peace with it. And um, he felt like I was hindering the work of the Lord. I wasn't having faith. I was being carnal. And um, so at one point he um, gets up from prayer because um, some friends had had enough wisdom to tell him that if God was leading him, that he was also leading us and that we both needed, that I needed to have peace about that. Um, so we we get up from prayer, and he was convinced as ever, and uh, he quoted Jesus to me, get behind me, Satan, for you mind not the mm. things of God, but of man. And I knew who said those words in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I knew he was quoting Jesus. And so, you know, me, a 20-year-old who loved Jesus with all of her heart and loved my husband, and I wanted to help, you know, these other people, you know, it, it was a real conflict because my, my God-given instinct said, no, this is not a good idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't know at the time, but I was early pregnant. I found out shortly oh. after. Um, well... After that statement, he left me to pray, you know, I, you know, you need to pray, you know, because that was the word of the Lord to me, and I needed to pray. Well, of course, I gave in because I, I, I had to. I mean, that was God speaking to me. So we ended up going, and um, we never got to the Indians. There was one disaster after another, and long story short... I was very, very sick with pregnancy, and um, mm-hmm. when we finally went to the doctor, I was down to 87 pounds. Oh, ow, wow. That's, was my first da- that's dangerous. Yes. Mm. Um, that's just one of many, 
<laughs> it was a 30-year marriage, and um, scriptures were used like that as, as weapons to intimidate, to coerce, to, to manipulate. Um, and when I would bring things up, um, it was always thrown back on me. You know, somehow it, it was always my fault. <laughs> um, no, no matter what happened, you know, I would be kind of like going away, scratching my head, like, now, I'm feeling guilty and shamed when I didn't, when I was going to him about something horrible, he did. You know, and it, it just was always, like, really perplexing, but you, you couldn't go to anyone in, in that environment. Women can't go above their husband. You just can't do that. Um, you mean in you in that talk, with that with this group that you were a part of in, the, that, in that mentality? Yes, because then you're slandering your husband. You are you are you're defaming him. You are speaking evil of him. Um, the scripture says that a good wife will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Well, what do you think it is to make her husband look bad? What a bad bad wife. Um, and then, um, even in, if, of course you don't go to the ladies either because <laughs> what, what good's that going to do? They can't do anything about it. Um, and many of them, um, you know, you don't want them to feel bad either. I mean, I, I loved my husband. You know, I, I just wanted help. I did. I was like, what's, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with us? Um, why do we speak a different language? It's like it's you know the, the the confusion. I have terms for it now, but at the time, I didn't have terms for it. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I just knew mm -hmm. there was constant chaos in the home, uh, even just trying to communicate um, was was a challenge. And, you know, after I'm out of that environment and God's given me healthy relationships, mm. it's like, it's day and night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm. it's, it's like, I don't have to plead my case like before a jury every time I make a request. You know, or, or make a, you know, I, I, I can just communicate. And the person listening to me they know me, and they know my heart, and they're not going to fix them to start ripping me to shreds with accusations. Um, yes. You know, and living like that in your own home is, um, it, it wears you down. It wears down your spirit. And um, with me, it was, um, you know, there was there was more, too, but... It's been two years since the divorce was final. It's been almost three years since we were separated. But mm. um, most of the most of the things, um, you know, the emotional and the, the mental, the psychological mind games, and all those things. Um, 
I can deal with a lot better. The part that's been the hardest has been the spiritual abuse because, um, like, when you go to sit down to read the Bible, you know, it was 30 years. It wasn't, you know, 30 days or three three months, which that's still bad enough. Um, but when I, there's not a page in my Bible, June, there's not a page that doesn't have an arsenal where the, I hear the voices that were used against me. So when you're reading God's Word, trying to find hope and encouragement, and you're you're wanting to hear from God, you're having to deal with the spiritual warfare over and over and over of trying to, you know, you know, okay, for instance, that scripture, get behind me, Satan. You know, wow. Jesus was, you know, or... Um, um, from the very beginning, you know, Adam and Eve, why did God create her? You know, and, and all the way through, you know, there's... Yes. Well, there are Women are times not humans. That... We are, we are equal. <laughs> yes, yes. And the Bible is very clear about how a husband should treat a wife. And I'm saying that because uh, if there are those who are not aware, in other words, they're not looking at the Bible in context of the whole, and they're not... Um, that and and I think sometimes they are not exposed that and it is valuable to talk with others where with it's with the right person with the aim toward a healthy relationship and I think with that it's it's a matter um, and by the way since we are to submit one to another it's not that the concept of submission is wrong but to make it a blanket uh, that you must submit to every single thing, the Bible does not say that. There are qualifications. And I think at issue is looking at the, the God who created each of us. He sees us as having value. And I'm hearing you were not treated as though you had value. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as grief and loss, abuse and trauma, depression and suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org ccl. That's hopefortheheart, 
org slash ccl. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to our caller in a moment. If you have any questions about tonight's topics or any number of topics that you might be dealing with something in your life, just give us a call at 800-488-HOPE. That's our customer support team, and they can help you access the right resources. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And I'd love to answer any questions you have and uh, see what resources might be best for you. Let me recommend to you our keys for living called called uh, Spiritual Abuse, Religion at Its Worst. And that is available by calling customer support at 800-488-4673. That's 800-488-HOPE. Also check out our website for many resources there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. You'll find all new updated Keys for Living. Also our Lifeline to Hope online training as well as June's Many biblical resources and music CDs there as well. And you'll want to uh, take a look at those at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Let's get back to our conversation tonight with Esther. Esther, it's so clear. The Bible's... In fact, we we have a biblical bill of rights, uh, like within marriage. It's God's will that you treat one another with respect. Notice Ephesians 5.33 says the wife must respect her husband. Likewise, 1 Peter 3.7 says, Husbands, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. So, if there is not respect... Being, being respectful toward the other, uh, that can undermine, in fact, that can, uh, it is not being the persons that God created us to be with one another. And it, regardless of the gender, uh, what is evident, at least I am hearing that for you to say there wasn't, you know, a page in your Bible that was not used as an arsenal against you to attack you. Is that right, in essence? Yes. So that's not respect. And especially 
if there's, they're trying to use scripture to, as you indicated, to manipulate, that is not godly. And so, uh, I call it, I do call that spiritual abuse. And that is not of God. It is the way some have been misled to to treat other people that way, to justify just because, and by the way, I know so many men, I just have to, to pick, uh, I want to take up for all the men that I know personally, like you, Jeff, uh, you, uh, there's no way you would treat your wife that way. The Robert, who is on our controls, there's, I mean, he's, you know, doing our program, or if it were Tom, uh, there's no way they would either would treat their wives this way. And I can vouch my best male buddy. There's no way uh, Randy would treat Lana that way. So there are... I, I, uh, I believe this is the exception. It's not the rule at least not the rule with the men I know, and I could just name couple after couple after couple, and, and that does not go on. But it's a tragedy when attacks occur and, and men feel justified, some men feel justified, uh, literally belittling and manipulating a wife. And it is true, if you're a couple... If one feels led to go off to the mission field and thinks, I mean, you know, if God speaks to the husband to do this, then he who who can touch our hearts, he can lead, he could lead you. But I'm hearing you did not feel led. Of course, it, it made sense then when you found out you were pregnant, yet you felt manipulated to go to the mission field by virtue of your husband basically calling you Satan. Uh, that's, uh, instead he should have wait, prayed and waited until you were also led by the Lord, if that were to be. Um, and uh, so I would agree with the counsel that had been given uh many, many years ago. So, uh, would you help me understand, uh, you have children. Um, yes, what was seven well, children. Seven, wow. So, did that, uh, hmm, did this interaction between the two of you uh, impact them in any way? Yes. Looking back now, I can see how it very much impacted them. We tried. Um, you know, we had read the books, and there were certain things that we tried to do, which was not have disagreements in front of our children. Mm-hmm. We tried to do that. Um, but what what that looked like was me not bringing up anything that might be possibly controversial and still sometimes 
I would end up saying or doing something that would get me rebuked, but I just took it because then I'm not arguing and then I'm still showing respect. And so anything that needed to be discussed, like if I felt like, you know, I had a question or I felt like we needed to do something or had to make plans for children, you know, you have children, they have things that are coming up. There's events. They want to do something with their friends. We want to discuss these things. Well, it had to be done behind closed doors. And so I felt like they were being protected. But what I didn't realize is the the level of normalcy that I had gotten accustomed to that was extremely dysfunctional and toxic. Mm. And they were mm-hmm. immersed in that. But I didn't see it for what it was because I was so used to it. Um, now that I'm out of it, you know, when you get out of the situation, you can see things more clearly now. And um, there was um, there was just a toxic atmosphere. The a very authoritative, you know, he was he was the head, and his emotions and opinion were the only ones that mattered. And it was just an understood thing. You didn't really argue it or discuss with it. It it was just the way it was. And and it didn't matter the topic. His opinion was always the right one. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, that was very much affected because you... um, when you're around, when you're raised with that, um, you either become just like that, um, or you become someone who's very triggered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> by yes. Uh, by that, which are both unhealthy. Well, in truth, uh, it, actually, the one of the first calls uh, in the first year of our radio program. Uh, I received a call from a woman who said she did not know what to do about abusive, abusive husband. I said, what do you mean by abusive? And she said, well, two nights ago he grabbed me by the hair, drug me down at the stairs, and then kicked and kicked and kicked. And I said, oh, I said, well, that's definitely abuse. And uh, I said, uh, have you gone to your pastor, not sure, I could tell she had a very tender spiritual heart, and uh, long pause, long, long pause. My husband is the pastor. I said, and then I asked about going to uh, elders or whatever, she said, no, they're all his friends, and it was a small church, and then I said, do you have children? And she said, yes. I have a son and a daughter. Do you love your children? She said, with my life. I said, do you want your daughter to grow up being abused? She said, oh, no, 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 never. Actually, I asked, I asked about the son first. I said, do you want your, your son to grow up being abusive like his dad? And she, oh, never, never, no. I said, what about your daughter? Again, no, no. I would not want her abused. I said, well, they are 
But children more is caught than taught. But children more is caught than taught. You're training mm -hmm. a son that this is how a son treats his wife in the future. Mm -hmm. This is how, and that was the difference. When I mentioned the children, all of a sudden she was willing mm -hmm. to not just keep putting up with the abuse. And that is, I'm, I know that's the vast exception for Pastor. I'm telling you the story because of the similarity here. But it's never right to do what God says is wrong. Right. And that's the point, that regardless of who is a husband, who is a wife, it's never right to be um, abusive toward not only just a, a wife, but toward anyone. Um, the Bible says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. That's Psalm 37, verse 8. By the way, there are so many passages uh, against this type of treatment um, that uh, you you know unless you just take scissors and cut out all those passages, um, there is in a, uh, a clear uh, treatment of one another within a marital relationship, and I'm just not hearing the the tender. Um, yes treatment that should be husband to wife and likewise uh, that would represent the treatment even within the whole family. I am so sorry that this has been a part of your your life. Um, by the way, I, I'm obviously confirming a number of concerns that you have. Uh, are there things that you want us to talk about um, if we were to talk again that we haven't addressed? Well, I think um, the recovery from spiritual abuse would be, you know, really helpful. Even if you weren't in a domestic violence or, you know, issue, uh, people have experienced spiritual abuse in other areas from well-meaning Christians sometimes, and sometimes not so well-meaning um, and that, I think, would be really helpful to your hearers. We will do it. Uh, we'll work another... Uh, let's take this up at another time, and we'll talk about how can you recover from abusive treatment. We will definitely do that. You continue to hang on to hope. We will send our keys for living called domestic violence. There's no excuse for abuse. We also have the resource called Abuse Recovery you may be interested in. And if you'd like to get a hold of those resources, you can do that at 800-488-HOPE. That's our customer support team anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Also, our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. You can find our program as well at Hope for the Heart. Uh, you can find our program as well anywhere you find your favorite podcast under Hope for the Heart. We thank you. Well, until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.